Just reading some scripture here. So if you guys join with me as we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Reads this. Now it is superfluous for me to write to you about the ministry of, for the saints, for I know your readiness of which I boast about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that uh, Achaia has been ready since last year. Your zeal uh, has stirred up most of them, but I am sending the brothers so that our boasting about you may not prove empty in this matter, so that you may be ready as I said would be, as I said you would be. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready, we would be humiliated to say nothing of you for being so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift you have promised so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction. Uh, the, the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one of you, or each one must give as he has decided in his own heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may be abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of, of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Let's pray. Father God, we just um, we come before you this morning. We, we want to lift up the Hayes family. Uh, just lift up Mike and Dee and Evan and Roz and just everyone affected um, by, by this accident that took place. Lord, I just pray for your grace just to be so abundant um, in that situation and that your name be glorified through that. And I just... Um, Pray right now for Bob Cole as he's decided that through your leading of your spirit that it's time for him to step down from this role. Um, and Lord, I just pray for the next person that you're, you've been raising up and you, you'll continue to raise up to fill that spot, Lord God. And I just pray that well, we have the obedience to follow your, your calling with that. Lord, I just thank you for Bill and his message that he's going to bring tonight. May his words be your words and may they convict our hearts today. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Thanks, Drew. Good morning. We are now kind of winding down on uh, the topics of God's economy, New Covenant economy, and we have looked at God possesses everything. We don't possess anything. The freedom of not possessing anything. Work, spending, saving, uh, all the different things that we looked at are actually leading into this uh, topic, which I think is the, the golden uh, nugget. It is, it is absolutely going to take the, the, the cover off and, and take the boundaries off of what I think was intended for us to understand about God's generous uh, generosity and the new covenant of, in giving. First of all, we have to look at some of the things that I think are, uh, we, we carry with us. We bring with us a lot of teachings a lot of things from the past that says everybody has been conformed to the world that's been squeezed into a mold. 
And we all have this view in our mind of giving. For a lot of you here, just hearing the word giving already, there's, you're getting a little uh, hair up in the back of your neck. Let me, let me put you at ease. I'm not going to ask you for anything. Okay? Uh, I'm actually going to tell you the opposite. Uh, God tells us not to give out of compulsion. That means to have pressure from the outside. I want to kind of take the top off of this and let you enter into a world of freedom that I think if you will let it do it, it will blow your mind. Uh, I think the new covenant of what God intended absolutely is uh, just a blessing. First of all, you need to understand some of the things. God does not need your money. Okay? He, he tells us that. He even sometimes alludes to that, but then he comes out and says, I'm not, I don't need your food. If I'm hungry, I'm not going to come to you. If I'm thirsty, I'm not going to come from you. There's different reasons why God allows you and I to be a part of giving. Uh, secondly is I think you need to kind of take right now your little topic and your little mind about what, I don't mean that bad, your little mind, but, I, but uh, we have giving sometimes limited down to money. We have giving mean, okay, we passed the baskets earlier today and that's what people put in it. That is absolutely not New Covenant. That's not what we're talking about. Giving is your life. Giving is, is that what you possess at it, in terms of God's given to you. It's your time. It's your energy. It's your material things. It's your love. It's your compliments. It's all that has been given to you to steward. Literally, in 2 Corinthians 8, and it's in seven times it's repeated that this is the proof of your love. To God. How you address this issue is the proof of your love for God. In Jeremiah 22, it's an interesting verse there, and I thought in Jeremiah 22:16 it says, Did not your father eat and drink and do justice and righteousness? Then it was well with him, for he pled the cause of the afflicted and the needy, and it went well. Is not that what it means to really know me, declares the Lord? But your eyes and your heart are intent only on your own issues. To know God is to be generous to those that you see in need. Isn't that interesting? To know God is to see people in need and to desire to be generous to them in whatever that means. You are also going to see that this basically is the same thing as love. We, we try to take it out of it and we limit it down to what you give us this little tithe or this little money or what you write or you give to this ministry or whatever. It has n not much to do with that at all. It is to see a person in need, to be able to be quiet enough with God, sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to look and see what is in need. Uh, we've had a lot of pain, a lot of sorrow, a lot of heartache, and a lot that I have not heard that I, because I'm not around your lives. I just know that around my life, there's just been a lot of people around me in the last two, three weeks that have died, have been injured, things have been hurt, and I see people grief, and I see them in pain, and, and basically, I want to be able to say, God, here I am. I am a container that you live in, and you dwell in. How do you want to demonstrate your love to them? And as I pour out my love to them, whether it's compliment or a hug, or food, or whatever it might be, that is starting to open the door and take the lid off of new covenant giving. We have to throw out this idea that this is a, a tithe, 10% tithe that you've been taught. And we'll find out later on why that does not apply in the New Testament, and why that God came not to show us the way. God did not come to show us the truth. 
Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. It is about a person. And I think that if we can kind of allow ourselves, and I was talking to Levi early service, and this is really a topic. I look out and I see some of you guys. I would love to just sit in a circle and talk about this. I, I don't... I felt a little bit uncomfortable talking and preaching on it. I just like to talk about it and muse about it and, and kind of massage it and let it come out in such a neat way. But I have known that when people I've seen or in my own life enter into what it means, freedom and joy are the results that start coming. It just starts flooding you, and it, and it floods in on you. Uh, trying to go ahead and use a... A, what are these things called? Uh, computers or <laughs> phones? I saw Steve do it, and I just wanted to be like Steve, and I just can't seem to do that. Mine turns sideways when I do that, and I turn like this, and then it turns this way. I did bring the Bible just in case we have to do that. I, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, the thing that I, I, I want to make us be able to be open to is I want you to go back and obviously, some of you uh, golf fans, you, you're going to watch the Masters, you're recording it, so you can watch it, but then go back to this. I want to just challenge you to say, possibly, is this so? What we're talking about. I believe that when we talk about all the truths that we at this church believe in, we call something called the exchange life, where that you and your unrighteousness and your sin was poured out, and Jesus and his righteousness was poured in, and he exchanged his righteousness for your sin, and he exchanged that so we could come into the presence of God and walk boldly into the kingdom. We talk about a new identity. We talk about the law. We talk about grace. We talk about renewing the mind. All of these are stepping stones only to point you to an intimate, knowing God relationship. That's where we're going with that. And in this area of this finances and stuff, all of the things of finances didn't have to be. God came down and demonstrated he could feed them by just having them cut out fish. He could call food down from heaven. Uh, He could have money by just cutting open a fish and having them have money. He He didn't need doctors. He could touch them and heal them. He did not have to set up life the way it is, the way we have to go. We work, we do these things. There's something in it. If you will allow yourself to maybe go into this, I believe you will be blessed beyond anything you imagine. I just think that it is incredible of what God will have you do. By the way, uh, I heard a song, a secular song, and I, I recorded the words to it. I did not ever want to sing it. But it said, everybody is born to be different, and that's the one thing that makes us the same. Everybody was born to be different, and that's the one thing that makes us the same. I say that for this reason. I may use some illustrations today that you might hear, and you might say, oh, God, I wish I could do that. That is not the purpose of the illustrations. The purpose is that if you get quiet enough and you take away some of these lies and take down these strongholds and let the truth come in, you're going to have your own unique expression of what this looks like to you. It will look different than it does on me. What Nancy decides in her heart to do might not be the same as me. Don't compare yourselves with each other. Just say, God, I want to enter into this and I want to to be a part of this. The last thing that we want to do is, uh, a lot of times people pass the hat or pass the hat, I was in sports, but they pass the bucket, and and they they pass it around, and 
And there's kind of a, a message before that where they kind of make you feel a little bit guilty and you, well, I better put something in. Literally, God commands you not to give like that. Don't give with any type of outside pressure. The word literally means it's hilarious jumping up and down. Uh, the, the Macedonians had it right in, in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 3, 4, and 5. It was an incredible portion of Scripture that they read, but he says, uh, out of their, even in the middle of their affliction and their pain and their poverty, overflowed with their liberality. And I testify according to their ability, begging us with much entreaty for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. Those words don't do it. The word begging literally means in the Greek text, the word is barak. Well, okay. But it's, it basically... <laughs> It, it basically means this. I must be a part of this. It has to be so that I participate. And the word participate means that I come alongside. It has to be so. I will it to be so that I get to be a part of this. An illustration that I gave of the first service was 40-some years ago, I uh, played professional baseball, and I remember doing a clinic for these little leaguers, and, and at that time, you just, the little leaguers looked up at you, and it's like, oh, they're in awe of you, and, and, uh, and I was going to give a hitting clinic, and yet when I got ready to go ahead and say, okay, you guys all ready, let's go ahead, and I looked around, I had forgotten the bag of balls, and so I, I said, hey, I, I, I forgot the balls, they're out there by the shed, would anybody like to, every single 12-year-old hand went, choose me, can I go get it? They wanted to be the one that got the ball for me. They wanted to be the one that ran and got the bag for me. And God put on my heart, that's what that means. That you would say, God says, hey, I forgot this over here. I forgot to go ahead and give this over here to Bill. It's like, choose me. Can I be the one? That's what it literally means. It means to jump up and down hilariously saying, let me, I beg of you, let me be the one. But in order to do that, We've got to at least backtrack a little bit and look at, you can't do that if you don't really know and believe that God possesses all things and God has everything that you need provided for you. Listen to these and listen to the adjectives. I'm going to emphasize them a little bit. God, Jehovah Jireh, is able, not only able, he is ready and prepared and has already sent to you all grace that it may abound and overflow to you that always having all sufficiency in everything you will have an abundance of overflowing for every good deed sound like he's interested in helping us out if i don't know that i can't get there and say choose me i can't say that and the thing is i will limit it down to just how i can go ahead and keep track of it and that's what's really sad in this, in this new uh, church era where everybody's got it down at this giving is just this. So you write out your little 10% and you put it in there. And the thing is, we, that's the way we measure ourselves if we're giving. And God said, no, this is not about you writing that out. This is about a relationship with me that you are so connected to me that you can look around and you can start to see where a need is. And when you see that need, that you basically have a desire, and the word means it's, you're willing and it's built up inside, you say, please, I beg of you, let me be the one to give that. 
is that I might be the one to give that. And if I don't possess anything, that everything that, that I own is basically God's, I can do that. I know a man in here that, that actually believes that. There's some fools sometimes, you think. He just says everything, nothing belongs to me. And you see it in his life, and you see it in the way he lives his life. And the thing is, because he knows God possesses everything, we're never going to be without. And so I, I encourage you that, that this is uh, something that we start down this track. We start to open the door here, and we say, okay, God, how then can we enter into this so that it becomes living and alive? Now, there's teachings going around the world, not just the country, because I've been into a lot of the different countries, and it's the same teachings. There is a thing that we call the prosperity gospel. And the teaching basically says this, if you will give so much money, then you'll get a whole bunch of money back. And, and that nobody was meant to not be, have a bunch of money. Okay? And literally, there's an element of truth that makes all, all of the false lies dangerous because there's an element of truth. God does say that if you go ahead and, and, and plant this seed, you will reap but he goes on to say in here that the sower of the, of the food will supply and multiply your seed of sowing, and he will increase the harvest of your, not money, of your righteousness. I've heard this misquoted a lot. In Malachi, God says, why don't you just test me in this? Test me and see. If you'll bring to me the things that I have asked you to bring to me and see that I won't open up the windows of heaven and rain on you, they think that always means money. The word there, he says, well, I will rain on you blessings and multiply. The word literally blessings means whatever it is you need that brings joy into your life and even happiness into your life. My, my suggestion is this. If you are willing to jump into this and abandon that old style of thinking and say, you know what, this, this literally blows away this money tithe, everything I have, my resources, all the things that I have, whether it be my energy or my time or what my ability I have to help with people or the compliments or words, if you'll say, God, it's all yours and I know that you'll take care of me, I want to look around and see who has need. And God says in the scriptures, this is proof of my love. This is the proof of my love, that you will prove your love for God by entering into this new covenant giving. It's not just that it's, you're going to prove it. And you've seen and heard, heard marriages where somebody, the husband's saying, I love you. I love you. And she finally, the wife says, well, then show it. Prove it. Not just saying with words. First John says, don't let your love be just with words and tongue, but let it be with the deeds of your heart and with love, which is synonymous with giving. Prove it in your heart. Do you see this kind of blows away this little, right out your little tithe? Now, I do believe that, and I'll talk to you about this in a minute, that it's okay to have a certain amount that you write out each month but it's not because that is a part of new covenant giving. It is just to remind you of the new covenant giving. It's to remind you it all belongs to God. And as a reminder, I wrote a check out today for the church, and I put it in there. That isn't my tithe. That is simply saying, God, this is for me to be reminded that you own it all, and I want you to know that I believe it, and this is just a portion that I'm writing out. It doesn't begin here or end here. It is just a reminder for me. 
and God will pour out his blessings upon you far more than you ever, ever know. They shared this early service. See if I can make it through this service. First one I didn't do too well. But uh, uh, Nancy and I just got back. We went down a trip to the Caribbean and, and the Caribbean. And I, I so wanted to bring uh, my son Nick and his family down there because we wanted, you know, to be with them for one. But we, I wanted him so much. And it was in my heart, probably way too much as a dad trying to become pushy. I wanted him to experience being in warm salt water and being able to do something that might be aerobic for him after his uh, virus. I can be pushy uh, in, in trying to do that, and I could tell that I kept saying, oh, can't we, we're going to do this and do this, and I could tell he was kind of, you know, how you can tell when your sons are like that. But uh, we get down there, and I'm in the water, and I'm kind of trying to instruct him, and I'm kind of worried about him, because if the current comes, I wonder if he can make it back, and I've, in my mind is thinking, oh, I'm going to take him out here, and he's going to drown, and then I you know this is going to happen. Halfway out there, we're swimming, and we I picked the second coral reef so we could go a ways, and I'm, I'm swimming out here, and we're doing the crawl, or I am. I didn't know what he was doing. I look over, and I'm trying to keep up with him. He is, he is, his feet are kicking. He's doing the crawl. He's doing the breaststroke. He's doing all the things, and I said, Nick, do you need to go back? He goes, Dad, I am not crippled when I'm in this water. He said, I am, can swim as good as anybody here. He was going under, and I, I just absolutely, I couldn't hardly contain myself. I wanted him to feel that, and God allowed us to do whatever it took to get them down there and to see that moment, to take a snapshot and see that moment of him being able to do stuff. And some of you probably saw the video where we were going to then play catch. Well, he couldn't play catch on the land, so he said, how about if I go in the water and try it? So he gets up in the water about this high, and he can play catch in the water. He can twist his hips, he can turn, and so I got to see that blessing, and for me to see that blessing, I'm sure it was greater than for him to experience it. That's what this tastes like when you get in it. That's what it tastes like when you say, God, choose me. I beg of you, let me be the one the joys will come. He says, test me and just see that I won't open up the windows of heaven. I'll start raining on you. You're going to have to run to get away from the joy and the blessings and the righteousness that I desire to pour upon you. But you've got to escape and eject yourself from this old covenant thinking. The old covenant thinking, people think that Jesus came down and basically he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. They think he was going to show you the way. He is the way. We talk about the Old Testament when people used to go to the temple once a month, once whatever, and he does away with the temple. And he says, why? Because he says in Hebrews, I am the temple. I am within you and you are within me. Therefore, we are always in the temple. You don't have to go somewhere to get there. Church is now always with us because it's hit the body. He says, I am the fulfillment of the law. So before we had the law pointing to the rules and instructions, he says, no, not any longer. I gave you something myself. I am the fulfillment of the law. If you, the love will basically fulfill all the law. People want to keep the Sabbath. Wonderful thing. Jesus says the old covenant was to have the Sabbath day. He says, now I am the Sabbath. 
You come and live with me and let me dwell with you, and my, you'll be at rest. Hebrews says you'll be at rest. I am the Sabbath, that we can be in, at rest because we have that person. We want to go back and we look at all the different things that God says, this was Old Covenant pointing you to the New Covenant that does away with all that so that now you can have me and I will do away with all those things and I will fulfill all of them because we have him. This is about a relationship again. In the Old Testament, he said, I am. He said, basically, you give your 10%. He says, now I am your money. I am your possessions. Now it's all his. What amount should we divide up? Every bit of it. It's his. Just ask him what he wants to do with his resources and close out that. I assure you, if we do that in this congregation, rather than just maybe four or five people that are doing it, nobody in this congregation will be in want of anything. Nobody will also be in lack, and nobody will have too much. God has made that provision if we'll enter into this, but if we stay under that old covenant, we'll always be in the same place. Matter of fact, you'll get so good at it, nobody will need to come and ask you things. You'll just see it. You'll see it. You'll be with God, and God will put somebody on your heart, and you will enter into that. When I made this, and I, it's, it, and I, I want you to be aware of this. My wife knows me darn well. Uh, I lived under that first covenant for a long time, but I wanted to make sure I was okay, so I didn't want to just give the 10. I wanted to give more because then God would think a lot more of me and like me better. When I finally got that destroyed and started entering into this, I tell you, it has been one of the most exciting adventures and the most freeing adventure that I can imagine. And those of you that I know have done this, you would say it's probably one of the funnest things of life. It is the proof of your love for God. If you get an opportunity to go and uh, look at 2 Corinthians 8, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, uh, I encourage you to do, do so. But I want you to know that that isn't the end of this. The conclusion is not that. The conclusion is this, and I'm going to read it to you. So now I will increase the harvest of your righteousness, and you'll be enriched in everything for liberality, which through us will then produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only for fully supplying the needs of all of the saints, but it's the overflowing through many thanksgiving coming to God. And because of this proof of your love, they will glorify God. Verse 15 says, Thanks be to God for this incredible gift. Here is the, the coolest thing. I can go ahead and I can use illustrations. I can even use Steve when you flew Nick to mail. He basically did that. The thing that happened more than anything is I fell to my knees in thanksgiving. I worshiped God because of the generosity that now made this possible. When I've had things given to me, the first thing I do is I, I, I can't believe the goodness of God. This is all designed, guys, to come back that we would have the people of this body in a state of thanksgiving to God, thanking him for everything. So all the glory, it says, goes back to God. This is the purpose of the way this is designed. The 10% deal doesn't do this. This way, the real needs that you have get met, and you can say, how in the world did you know that? 
first service. Uh, I did the first service. By the way, whenever you stand up here and talk, I don't leave here thinking, ah, oh, good job. I leave here, just feel like I suck. And I sit here thinking, oh, I can't believe it. I wonder if anybody understood anything. I hope there was a gift of interpretation out here somewhere. And I said, nothing flew together like this, but I, all right, God, here it is again and again and again. And I, I go down, and I'm sitting down here, and here comes this lady coming up that has traveled through Rapid City before, came here in January of 2014, uh, had some notes, and now was coming through again, and was here when I preached January 14th that, that Sunday. And showed me the notes and said, I many, many times wanted to tell you what it did to my life and how God used you. It literally changed my life radically. You may not know the words you spoke that day were transforming to my life. Number one, I thanked her and I said, thank you. I said, right now the timing was really good. But she left and I said, God, thank you. You are incredible. How in the world did that gal know that I needed that at that moment, except for her sensitivity? That was giving. That was new covenant giving. She didn't write me out a check. This uh, blue page here, the back of it, we didn't get time to go into it. I, I was very optimistic on what, how much we could cover. So there are seven points here. All I ask you to do is on your own, and we may talk about it sometime, uh, this whole thing, but if you're struggling in the area of your work, your finances, your provision, there's something that's just not going right, I encourage you, there are seven areas here that you can look at, and most of the time, most, most of the time, you will find one of these out of whack if things aren't going well. If you do these seven things, I believe that you will enter into full provision from your Father, and He'll make provision for you. God gets to divide, define that provision, not you. It's not necessarily what your neighbor has. God says, I have counted out your cup, and it's perfect for you. So if you get a chance to do that, I encourage you to do so. Let's pray. Father, I do wish that we could just sit around uh, a living room and, and discuss this. I, basically, we're not discussing an issue of finances. We're discussing you. And again, I, I marvel at everything you have designed simply leads us back to our union with you, our intimacy with you. And I am so asking you, Holy Spirit, to pour out your wisdom and your truth on the, on the minds of these people. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb that you, over the threshold of every mind here that they would have the burning, consuming fire of God and any lie from the enemy would be consumed and they'd be able to hear truth in this area. Father, I thank you for already beforehand of the stories and the stories that we're going to hear of how people entered into this way of life and more and more thanksgiving coming back to you. I'm already eager for what you're going to do here. Thank you that you can take human words that have flaws in them and by your spirit that you can turn them and make them holy and alive. And I know that you have heard this prayer because your son Jesus said that I could ask it to you. Amen. Go enjoy today today.